Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Once again, let's just take a moment and relax, focus, and Gently just remind yourself of God's availability, his presence, his desire to make himself known to you, to reveal himself to you, that you don't need to do anything to deserve that or achieve that, that he's already fully aware in you to your spirit. You Your spirit and God's spirit are one already. The problem isn't our relationship with God spirit to spirit. The problem is our relationship within, between our soul and our spirit. You have everything you need for life and godliness already in your spirit. We're just still just learning how to take advantage of it, how to utilize that eternal life, that fullness. And that is happening as God himself restores our soul to our spirit. So it's a process. It's not a one-time thing. A lot of times we are we're looking for an answer. We're looking for a solution when really it's, it's a process. And this is part of our challenge when we are involved in in churches and even relationships and even how we think of ourselves. We focus on what we're doing, what we're achieving, what our goals are, how we are affecting change, basically our behavior. And your behavior is not who you are. Who you are is spirit. You're either dead in your spirit or alive in your spirit. You're either born again or you're not. If you've been born again, you are alive in your spirit, and that's it. That's That makes you one in with Christ, a joint heir and a co-inheritor with him and one in the Father. Just as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, if you're one with God, you are one with all three. And we are, again, we are so we get caught up in trying to understand and describe and use words to describe something that is undescribable. And so we we do the best we can, and that's fine. That's where we are. And again, these are the words that we have. So uh, we have, you know, ways of description, describing and experiences, and we simply admit that they're limited and they're not adequate to describe who God is, how he does things, and even sometimes our own experiences with with 
experiencing God. But we accept that this is going to be a process, that we we all want a quick fix. And, and what I've noticed in a, in a lot of um, teachings and movements is there is a catering to this desire we have to be productive and and to focus on our behaviors that you know we all want to have our life have counted for something our ministry have have counted for something that we we got something accomplished and yet so often we look at that accomplishment being something out there other people's lives when God is far more interested in what's going on in you. What progress is he making in rejoining, restoring your soul, restoring it to its relationship with spirit? So it's not about you having an effect on the world but God using the world to have his effect on you. And when we, when, that ha- when we start to recognize how God uses and crafts, he creates every circumstance that is in each one of our lives. He has specifically crafted for our benefit to achieve and accomplish his purposes. And when we start to let that really soak in, we become we start to become far more objective. We don't get caught up in being in a hurry or being you know overly caught up in our behaviors you know, being distracted, being easily led astray. You you want to, if you have any concerns about being deceptive, the best way to to assure yourself that and have confidence that you won't be deceived is to simply be objective, to see everything as from the hand of God, that he intends everything that has happened in your life is God's intention. Now, if you have troubles with those, that, that's a point. Say, you know, God, you know, why did you let me make that mistake? Or why did that, you know, accident happen? Or somebody did something intentionally and hurt you and so, you know, quote, unquote, ruined your life. Why did you let, allow that to happen? Well, God wants to talk to you about that. Those are, are questions that he doesn't want us to just let fester or put off till the sweet by and by till we get those answers. He wants to address any questions or concerns now because it's part of the process of getting those wounds healed. And and let's talk about the wounds. We have this idea that, you know, again, we've talked about being in the center of God's will, that if we're in doing what he wants us to do and we're hearing him clearly and everything's hunky-dory, we're in that, that sweet spot in God, nothing bad will happen to us. 
Well, that's absolutely not true, and we know that by the pattern song. Jesus himself was in the exact place doing the exact thing God wanted him to do, and yet he was crucified. Because that was necessary. It was necessary for him to be crucified. It was necessary that he be in the ground, and then necessary that he be resurrected and raised. So every step that he went through was necessary, and the same thing for you and I. It's necessary for us to go through the process, whatever process that you're going through, it's necessary, because God says it is. God knows your wounds far better than you do. And then we can step back a little farther and, and recognize that we don't know what existence we had before we found ourselves here on this earth. And we don't know what existence we're going to have after we leave this earth. We just don't know. Maybe God will start revealing some of those things because one of the things we're finding out is that you and I have authority and power over time. Now, does that time extend into before this earth zone? Does it extend after this earth zone? Don't know. But maybe. You know, God reveals things as he chooses. We, we know now more things than we did before, and yet I think there might have been times in previous generations, in previous times and seasons, where they knew more than we do. But because it wasn't passed on, you know, think about Elijah. Think about, you know, Abraham. How did he know to have faith? You know, where did that come from? We could go through many, many examples. It wasn't just God putting his finger on things. They had revelation. God gave insight and power and revelation even to these to many people even before and he's still doing it today even before the resurrection even before they were christians they were still dead in their spirit and yet god revealed himself to them he can do what he wants he can and he can do it in whatever way he chooses this is part of our process is to develop good judgment you know we get this this, you know often heard about we don't be don't be judgy you can't judge me well actually what we need is the right judgment good judgment sound judgment objective judgment based on reality and not just behavior. I mean, behavior, whether you're a Christian or not, your behavior is going to be judged and evaluated. And it's going to bear you physical, natural fruit for the good or the bad. That's going to happen. That's not what we're talking about. But as far as understanding and cooperating with God and and enjoying his presence and enjoying what he's doing in our lives as we 
embrace the concept that he is sovereign and everything he's doing in our lives is for us, that we can then step back. Because part of the process, what we're learning about, that our soul is part of the supernatural realm. It dwells in the soulical realm, which is part of the supernatural realm. It's not spiritual. And it's not natural. It has its own qualities, its own characteristics. You have a mind, a will, and emotions. Those are small words that sum up complex aspects of our human existence here on this earth. And yet those, your, your mind is not spiritual. And it's not natural. You have a, a natural brain. But your brain is not your mind. And your mind is not part of your spirit. It's part of your soul. It's, it's a gift God gave you. And he wants you to learn how to use your mind. He wants you to learn how to use your will, make good choices, develop good judgment. Use that wisdom. Use that, that knowledge. So much of when we look at the, the abilities that are inherent in our soul, when we really look at them, we'll start to see that all they are are the attributes that are in our soul, that we acknowledge are in our soul. Most people are compassionate and want to make things better for one another. Add a little power into that, and you have miracles. Add a little more, and you have raising the dead. The intent is part of your soulical being because your new nature of your spirit nature, your soul is meant to channel, to ferry the love of God into this world. Your soul is a conduit of the power and authority of God himself. And what is he? He is love, and he shows that love by giving. And in its purest form, I mean, our souls come into this world sometimes marred and broken and in in all different kinds of shape. Again, that's God's that's up to God to how he does that. But some may lack that empathy. Some may not have any understanding of compassion, let alone have it. And yet when we understand that God is himself flowing through us, we we start to see that our soul is made to carry that love, to give that love. So we start to see that the abilities that we have that are so often referred to as gifts are simply an expression of the abilities that we already have because it's like when you are putting out a glove, each one of your, if, if, if the glove is made correctly, your thumb's going to go in a slot and each one of your fingers are going to go in a slot. It's going to be a perfect fit because your glove was made to fit on your hand. 
your soul was made to fit on your spirit. They fit like hand and glove. They're not the same. They work together. And very often, when, you, when you're wearing gloves, you only see the gloves. You don't see the hand. You don't see the power and authority underneath it. You only see the outward effect. You see the glove. But that's, your soul was made to receive your spirit, your spirit, you as an individual, your spirit, your unique spirit, which is one with God. And, you know, don't try to figure it out on your own. If God gives you revelation, drop it, drop me a line, and I'd love to, to hear it. Because God wants us to desire understanding, but we, it's not going to come from struggle from reading, from trying to figure it out. That doesn't mean we don't do research. That doesn't mean we don't pursue questions. But it's because it's part of the process. We talk talk often about what are the desires of your heart because that's how God leads us. Had an interesting conversation with with a, a very well-known person and we were talking about motivation, even evangelical motivation. And we were discussing vociferously about how effective fear is. My contention was that fear is not a good motivator because fear, we get used to it, and it doesn't change us. And his contention, well, it doesn't matter because as long as we get you into heaven, that's all that matters. Doesn't, you don't have to stay seeking God, desiring him. As long as we get you into heaven, that's all that matters. As long as we get you to say that salvation prayer, scare, the, scare you, you know, such a, a fear of hell or God's wrath or, displ, or displeasing him, whatever. But that's short-lived. It's like a fire. Once it once it dies out, there's not much left, and nothing has truly changed because we have a misunderstanding of God's purpose for us. Just it's not about getting into heaven. It's not about avoiding hell. Hell is just a location. Heaven is just a location. Earth is just a location. None of those are eternal. They were all created for a purpose. When their purpose is done, God's probably just going to snap his fingers, blink his eye, and they're gone. You are his purpose. So as you spend time with him talking and asking him about your abilities. And we've talked about creating your own homework and, and seeing how the presence of God's Spirit into your soul activates the abilities that are in your soul. 
That's going to happen automatically. It's like when you put a, a sponge, a dry sponge in water, it soaks up the water. You don't have to tell it to do that. Your soul was, is a sponge. As your soul comes into contact with spirit, it soaks it up. It wants to be one. It wants to draw spirit in. That's, that's its home. Your mind's home is with your spirit. Your will's home is with your spirit. Your emotions home with your spirit. And who you are is spirit, soul, and body for our time here on this earth. So we're coming to a fullness. We're coming to become a renewed mankind, a renewed man. Doesn't matter about your your gender. Because your soul is is non gender. And in Christ there's neither male nor female. So none of that matters. God has ex- is expressing himself to each of us, each one of us as individuals, and whatever gender you are, whatever body you have, that's the that's what God specially picked out for you. Whatever age you are, where whatever nationality, whatever circumstances you are, that's what God picked out for you. And I tend to think that we agreed that this was going to be a profitable endeavor and it would be worth it to go through whatever experience he had laid out for us for here on this earth and then in the process of coming into being a little baby we lost that memory now sometimes we get little glimpses but I think a lot of times God just keeps us from knowing what our future is because it will distract us from our present. But this objectivity, this being able to stand back, as you more and more accept and embrace that God is sovereign, that God has arranged every aspect of your circumstance, you can step back. And your soul, in a sense, starts to become even more free to be restored by God. You, it's like you're taking your hands off it, your, your own soul, which then frees God to heal those wounds, reveal truth, reveal where we're believing lies, provide protection, direction, guidance, encouragement, because we're no longer invested in the control that our soul so longs to have. We've talked before about the the soul. Your soul, its main driving force is control because it's your soul's responsibility to meet your needs, 
without God. In other words, if before you knew God, your soul stepped up to fill the void. God wasn't in charge of your house. Somebody needed to be to protect you, to, to, to defend you, to, to meet your needs, to take care of you, to provide love and acceptance and, and significance and encouragement and whatever you needed. Again, God, that was God's job, God's duty, God's nature to meet your needs. But he could only do it through spirit. And if since you were born dead in your spirit, that eternal life, that kingdom was not available to you or me. It wasn't until we were born again and we were given that new life, that new spirit. Then it's available. Now it's available. And we have to start from scratch. And your soul has gotten used to doing things its own way, meeting its own needs. And one of the ways it does that is it controls our soul by the characteristics of our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. Sometimes it will poke us in our emotions, and we will act and behave according to how we feel. Sometimes our soul will stir up our will, apart again, apart from God. And we'll feel like, I have to do something. Well, you know, I have to make a change. I'm, I'm, I need to fill my time. And we'll take meeting our needs into our own hands. You know, understanding... You know, um, I love the saying that a man loves to draw conclusions where God hasn't given us nearly any of the information we need. And that's what we love to do. We love to draw conclusions. We love to understand. Even, you know, when we, we think we have all the information we need because there's nothing else available. Rather than realizing God hasn't, it hasn't made it available. There's, there's so much more that we don't know. So rather than getting caught up in how our soul is struggling, because it is, your soul is struggling, my soul is struggling. That's, that's basically what we're here for. It's like that wrestling. You know, we, we, last week we were talking about the, the potter and the clay, where there's all, you know, Paul uses the wrestling, you know, illustration. We're wrestling. Our soul is wrestling, and in a sense it's wrestling with itself. Because your soul wants to be joined to your spirit, but it also wants to maintain control. But it's in the process of wrestling that that desire for self-control, controlling its, your needs being met, that your soul becomes exhausted. And finally says, I give. In one area at a time. 
sometimes we have big breakthroughs where where we see, you know, or can experience a change when we see, okay, God really did something big here. But most of the time, it's in the little things. You may find your neighbor doesn't drive you as nuts as they used to. Who knows? You might have all of a sudden a great desire to your future. You can't wait to see what God has in store for you. A depression lifts. You just are, you no longer feel guilty or regret over your past. Part of our challenge is to notice those things and to recognize that's God restoring your soul. And the more we can become objective and observers of what God is doing in our soul. We don't want to encourage and enjoin our soul struggling when God is, is working to stretch your, your soul to give up. We don't want to be there trying to make it stronger. But God loves your soul. He gave you the one he wanted you to have. He values it. He wants you to, but you are not your soul. Your soul needs to, is in the process of being restored to your spirit. You can be at peace because you are already accepted in the beloved. You are one in him. Your future is assured. Whatever concerns you have, if you still have concerns, go to him and let him give you that peace that love, the joy, the peace, etc. So, so thank you for tuning in. I hope that's encouraging because the whole point is to enjoy this process. Live while you're here on this earth. We we have no idea what's going on and God doesn't we don't need to understand what God is doing in order to, for him to do and accomplish what he wants in our lives. He doesn't need your help. So thanks for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at org or through Blog Talk Radio. Until next week, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.